This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for Season 14, Episode 2, titled Big Opening Number 2. My name's Joe Batanz, and I am joined, as always, by one diabetic co-host. Uh, from the podcast pod is my co-pilot. Please say... Sorry, I'm just focused on your two-tigo biddies. To Taylor, the latte boy. Taylor, the latte boy. Hello, welcome. Welcome. Hello. Thank welcome. you. Welcome. Welcome. Oh, you gotta go. Um, <laughs> you know, welcome to the show. The show we do here every week when there's a brand new episode of RuPaul's Drag Race. Did you? S- <laughs> I already know how you're gonna respond. But did you see? They already announced that Drag Race UK versus the World is uh, coming out February first on Wow, at least in the US here on Wow Presents Plus. Mm. And then I was watching the show. I didn't stick around and watch it. They're like, "Oh, stick around for a preview of All Stars." <laughs> Were you triggered like I was? Yeah. I was <laughs> like, like, oh. What? Huh? Huh? What? <laughs> I was like, "Oh my god." But All Stars doesn't premiere to after the show, right? Uh, at this point, the machine that is RuPaul Charles, God only knows. Mm-hmm. I don't know either. Oh Lord, what is she going to do? What is she can trying to kill us. But you know, again, <laughs> we don't have to cover the show. I mean, that's the thing. You know, I, it's something I've been honest. It's something I've really. It's been weighing on me. You know, uh, and I'm being serious. I've had private conversations with the expensive tier, my confidants about this, mm-hmm. where I'm like, how much more can I go with this? You know, like, oh, gosh. Anyway. Well, especially when it's in many ways, as we saw literally from last week to this week, it feels like sometimes it's just the same episode. They've just are replacing characters. But, but. Aiden was asking me, why are they doing this? And I said, this is my, this is my true belief, right? Mm-hmm. From, from the little I know of network television. And I'll use who wants to be a millionaire as an example. Do you, do you remember? Cause we're old, Taylor. Do you remember yes. when Regis first came out with who wants to be a millionaire? It was once a week. And I think it was a special. It was like a limit. They only did like six or something like that for once a week. Uh, it was more, I think it was like twice a week, but yes, it was, it was events. It was on like Tuesdays and Thursdays or something. Yeah. And it got like massive ratings, massive, huge, right? Mm-hmm. And people were like, so ABC was like, okay, well, they'll just do it twice a day. You know, like it yeah. was like insane. And so then it went kaput. And I think what it is, is they, you might think, well, that's really stupid. But I think that they have internal data where they know like, this is not going to last forever. So let's just fucking ring it for everything it's worth. So I think with drag race, that's what they're doing. They're like, this is going to die. 
So let's wring every fucking penny we can out of it while the fat is still going on. Yeah, but I mean, I think you're starting in some ways to see a little bit of the turn, just at least in this house, because I was very much of the, well, we have to watch Holland and we have to watch Espana and we have to watch this. And, and I got to the point of where where my husband just kept saying, you don't, because I would do the same thing. I'm like, oh my God, another one. And he was like, you don't have to watch all of them. I had this conversation. And, yeah. and I specifically did not watch the second season of Holland. Mm-hmm. And it was it was like going through a little bit of withdrawal where I'm like, well, I really feel like I should because I want to be in the know as far as the, you know, the conversations and the memes and all that kind of stuff. And I found that as time went on, it got easier and easier to not watch that. And, you know, even we tried the uh, queen of the universe and we watched the first episode of that. And I was like, Oh, this is, this is interesting. This is something different. And Babalu's like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not watching another drag queen show. (laughs) I'll continue watching the main drag race though he sits on his phone the whole time and he goes and i like all stars but anything else you're on your own with that i'm sort of like Meh, i, I will to- say i told i just had this conversation this week with uh afterthought superstar jay ellis where i was like they have set it up in such a way that yes it's a lot but they've hidden it so like if you're just a casual i don't give a shit about drag race to them it's only on once a year yeah. You know, on VH1. Yeah. I watch on VH1 in the end. Because All Stars is on Paramount Plus, and all the other shows are on Wild Presents Plus. Yeah. So you have to go searching for it. So, But, you know, Jay was telling me about an interview he saw with Michelle Visage, where they asked her, don't you think that there's too much content? And she snapped at the interview and was like, oh, are you trying to tell me there's too much gay content? And I was like, bitch, Norman Lear didn't make eight different versions of Good Times, you know? That was me that had that conversation with you. Oh, it was? Yes. (laughs) I told you about that. That's that's fine. I just I thought it was Jay Ellis because Jay Ellis and I did. Well maybe Jay saw it maybe Jay saw it too. No, 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 no. It was you and I had a conversation. It was just you me and you. Jay the other was it no at the time that you and I had like a two hour conversation and then you got in trouble? Yes. Oh. Taylor got in trouble last week. We had a two hour conversation. (laughs) If if you like what you just heard there, let me just tell you this. There's all kinds of content like that over at Patreon, Taylor. If you're not a Patreon supporter, you are missing. But no, now last week and, 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 oh, you know what? Somebody, ugh, I should have, I should have downloaded it. Maybe I'll, oh, you know what? I'm going to download it and I'm going to put it in here, right? <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. We'll play you're having it. like six conversations. I know. With we'll play it next week. We'll play it next week. Someone left a beautiful message. I know who it is, right? Uh, Tom Bombs in Australia left a beautiful message about uh, the community and everything he gets out of it. Guys, I don't know how to tell you this. The If you hate Reddit and the mean bitches on Reddit, right? Uh-huh. The afterthought Discord drag race community is so welcoming, so nice, so positive. Again, Taylor and I are hateful bitches. Do not judge... <laughs> The Discord community based on us. And not only that, I was thinking Afterthought supports and promotes and produces a lot of LGBTQ content. It, you can also feel good about your donation, not donation, sorry. You're, you can feel good about your Patreon uh, support because you're supporting LGBTQ podcasting, which is yeah. 
you know, needs support. So go over to And Patreon. as Travi Cosmo says in the chat room right now, because we have a live chat going on, there's also great food recipes and porn. <laughs> that, you know, I, it's so funny <laughs> that you're saying that. Well, one, um, also, if you hate your job, our most active channel is a job, the channel where people <laughs> go and bitch about their jobs. One, two, the food ones are popular, but you know, do you know that I hear more comments about the porn decor lounge than any other channel? Like that channel is like, Oh, I was in the porn decor lounge and blah, 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 blah. Yes, that is true. There is great recipes and porn. <laughs> um, so go to patreon.com slash afterthought media and join at any level to have access to that, uh, community and, and to see the porn and the recipes and and meet a bunch of wonderful, wonderful, wonderful people. But Taylor, we have a show to talk about this week. Seven yeah. more queens sashay into the workroom and compete in a minty fresh photo shoot. Next, the queens showcase their skills in the Christmas nerve and talent, the, the charisma Christmas in the charisma nerve and talent show. In the end, Angeria Paris Van Michaels is named the winner, while Diabetti and Deja Sky are placed in the bottom two. After lip sync battle for their lives, Deja is told Shantae, you stay, while Diabetti is asked to sashay away. Taylor the Latte Boy, go ahead and name two things you liked about the episode and one thing you did not. Meh. Which one is that? Yes. Oh, really? <laughs> It was, I loved last week's episode and this week it felt like, I feel like I saw this already, which we basically did, Mm -hmm. but with a group of contestants that was not as um, compelling, Mm -hmm. I think, as the first week's girls. I, I enjoyed some of the talents. Um, but I thought that the talents were better the first week. Uh, so I guess that that's something that I liked. I liked this Angeria a lot more than I expected to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that she is going to, well, she's clearly going to be a strong contender because it's obvious that Rue is in love with her. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as things that I don't like, I feel as though that I get that they always want to have like a big name celebrity as a judge. Yeah, but this Alicia Keys, mm-hmm. I was not impressed with her as a as a judge. I I I feel like when you compare her to somebody like Lizzo, that clearly loves the show, mm-hmm. clearly was like into it, mm-hmm. whereas this just sort of felt like, oh well, I'm here and I have to I have to talk and I I have to be supportive and mm-hmm. but I really kind of this is just a this is just a gig to me. This isn't something where they went to her and said do you want to do drag race? And she was like, Oh my God, that's so exciting. It's like, yeah, sure. I'll do drag race. Like that's the energy that I got off of her. Mm-hmm. How about you? Uh, well, you know, I actually, I'm going to specifically mention a look. Uh, I really like Maddie's look, you know, which is funny because I was looking down when she, well, I guess we can talk about that, the look, but it was remind me to talk about when I was looking down, and I missed her name. Um, there's some cute boys. In the cast. Yes. You know, some cute boys. Mm-hmm. Another thing I liked. thing I didn't like... Look, I have a rant. Not a rant. Because it's actually not blaming the girls. This talent show is horrible. Okay? Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about it. Cause, and I still hold to this. Like, if you're going to have a talent show, and you're going to participate in a talent show, bring a talent that isn't why you're already there. So lip sync is part of 
your your requisite skills as a drag queen, especially on this competition. So is dancing, I suppose, or outfits or whatever. Anything that you need to use as your drag persona, don't bring as a talent show. That said, I'm going to defend the girls a little bit. Drag is an art, and drag in and of itself is a talent, okay? So mm-hmm. you don't see on America's Got Talent that they have the America's Got Talent talent show. Right? You're like, bitch, I brought my talent. It's America's Got yeah. Talent, right? They don't say, oh, you just uh, swallowed fire? Do a different talent, asshole, right? So, uh-huh. like, in a weird kind of way, I'm like, I think it's unfair for the show to ask them to do a talent when they're there competing with their talent. That is what they, that is, like, if I were to do drag, that would become 100% what my energy and my creative energy is focused on. I wouldn't have the energy or the bandwidth for another talent. So I don't necessarily blame the girls because this is what they do as their talent. But like, yeah, you have to bring a talent. That's not what you already do. (laughs) You're kind of speaking out of both sides of your mouth right now. You realize that, right? No, I'm saying, what I'm saying is if you're going to participate in talent show, what we need to see is a different talent, right? But I feel for the girls because the show is asking them to do something unreasonable. Okay. Because that's but they what signed they, up to do this. I understand that. Well, in fairness, in fairness to this crop crop of girls, that's usually an all stars thing. It's not, I've never seen that in the regular group of girls. So I don't know. It's dumb. Uh, all right. Uh, after Orion's elimination, the queens congratulate Cornbread on her win. June twerks as she wipes away Orion's message, and the girls speculate on the next queens to walk in the workroom. Taylor, any big thoughts on this, um, after Orion's elimination scene? No. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really didn't. I didn't really kind of think about it at all. You know, I, I'll be honest with you. This episode, I, the show's felt like this for a while, but this episode really um, encapsulate this. Have you ever seen those things? It comes out once in a while where they, to show off sort of AI learning, artificial intelligence uh, learning of a computer, where, where, what they'll do is they'll have like, I've seen it with Nirvana, where the computer like analyzes all Nirvana's music and then the uh-huh. computer writes a Nirvana song. Yes. You know? And then with lyrics and everything, and you hear it, and you're like, oh, well, I guess that sounds like a Nirvana. It's not a good Nirvana song, but it's just, yes, it does sound like Nirvana. Yeah. That's what this episode felt like. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like you gave it all the episodes of Drag Race, fed it into a computer, and it spit out this episode. You know? Yeah. And uh, so it's just, I used to do this Soylent. You ever had Soylent? I remember you when you used to do it, but I haven't. Yeah, I used to have it it. for a meal replacement. And people would say, what does it taste like? And I go, "It's I don't know how to... Now, I think they've improved the taste since then. It wasn't a bad taste. But I go, it's the consistency of pancake batter, but when you drink it, it really... And I don't know how to explain this experience. It felt like you were drinking nothing. Like you had the experience of pancake batter going down your throat. Wink. But... Uh, <laughs> more like baby batter, but um, uh, what? I hate that phrase. Anyway, <laughs> uh, but it, it, it there was no there was no taste. There was nothing. It was just 
it was just like was there. air, and like air with 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 the uh, consistency. It's really hard to explain. So that's mm-hmm. how this episode felt. Like there wasn't anything wrong with it. It had the shape and the form and the everything of the show, but it's just okay. Yeah, I I, I get that. Babalu said he's worried for the season. He was like, "This, I, I'm not necessarily intrigued with other than like two of them." To which I said, "Well, there's a good chance that those two are going to go all the way. So if nothing else, it gives something to yeah. look forward to." But mm-hmm. it isn't. I, I, I don't know. I, I have more than I'm intrigued with. But you're right. This, well, this feels like it felt very deja vu. We mm-hmm. saw this literally a week ago. We saw this exact same thing. Look, let's just thank God they're eliminating queens. Okay. Like, <laughs> oh no, trust me. I, where, where Babalu kept saying, he's like, we know they're going to bring them back. I'm like, I don't think they're bringing those two back. <laughs> I can't see They'll a world come back for whatever Pakamimi challenge they have about this dumb chocolate that I'm just dying. I still have to order that chocolate to taste it on the air. Thank you. All right, let's go to the workroom <laughs> entrances. The first one in is Georges, 21, Nashville, Tennessee is where she's from. Uh, she came in and said, something like, I think producer Zach was like, hello. No, this is, this is, uh, Luke. Luke wrote, hello, dis question mark. It is gorgeous like Georges. Anyway. She okay. Tex-Mex Latina showgirl inspired by J-Lo and Selena, the young dancing queen of Texas, and she started drag at age 16, which was five years ago. That means that this recap is older, longer than, been doing it longer than she's been doing drag. Um, oh, God. Yeah. Yikes. Taylor, uh, your thoughts on Georges? Uh, I wrote cute as a boy. Mm-hmm. Definitely cute as a boy. And uh, I thought it was a great opening look. I thought it was a great entrance look. Yeah. And then I wrote the question, is she Latina? Well, I will give her a pop. I love that she used the word chunti, which I, is, a, is one of my favorite words that I use in my personal life. But it's a, it's, a, it's a not super flattering word for people who are undocumented sort of aesthetic. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But uh, Or just people from Mexico. Anyway, I guess they don't have to be undocumented, but like definitely people from Mexico sort of aesthetic. Um, mm. Look. I think there was a lot of speculation. Oh my God, Joe's going to lose it over to Georgia. So he's going to think she's so hot and blah, 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 blah. In this case, most times they're wrong. In this case, I do think she's cute. She's very cute, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. What's funny is I was, she was a lot. Okay. But what's funny is I was very entertained by her. Maybe because it's just such boring contestants this round that I was like, Oh my God, I love her. Right. But I was like, I'd probably be really annoyed by her in real life. Like, I think if I were around her in real life and she was doing this, I'd be like, ugh. Right? But on the <laughs> we show... We get it. Uh, okay, <laughs> calm down. All right? Somebody mm-hmm. shut her up, right? But um, here she's fine. She reminded me of... When I was, like, her age... Yeah. Uh, John Paul, my friend John Paul and I, he, when he came to visit me in college with some of his friends, he went to USC. And so he and his USC gay friends came over to visit me and we were going to go to a gay bar by my college. And we get there and John Paul didn't vet his friends enough. And one of them, one, was underage, was under 21. Okay. Wow. 
We were all 21. This person was like 20 or 19. And so they wouldn't let him into the bar. Thus, we none of us could go in, right? Uh-huh. So we were sitting in the parking lot trying to figure out what to do. And this bitch kept saying over and over and over again, like a broken record, like yelling because she's wanting to make them mad. Like, I am just way too young and way too pretty to be in this place. And she said that about a hundred times, right? <clears throat> to the point where I was like, you need to tell her to shut up. Come stop, right? <laughs> yeah. That would be Georges. That was her friend. Okay. Just running around like a crazy person, screaming and chunty this and all this <laughs> nonsense, right? And dancing like in a parking lot by herself. So uh-huh. she's a lot. She's good for the show, though, because this group is so boring. Very inter- I'll be very interested to see how she interacts with the next group. But yeah. Yeah. All right. Next, we have Deja Sky. Uh, she said, she came in and said, all right, um, season 14, let's get thickening. She says, uh, that she's been called the pastel princess. And I said, no, you haven't. So I wrote my notes. You made that up. <laughs> no. Who's called her this? Right. Well, I'm calling you the pastel. No one's calling you this. You said you, right. you labeled yourself the pastel princess, <laughs> which is fine. Right, that's fine, but don't say, "Oh, I, I, they call me the." No, they, they don't. You are they. Okay, no but one... isn't it where like Georgia's just said that they call me the dancing diva of Dallas or whatever the dancing diva it's of the Texas? Same thing with her. Just say the same thing. Yeah, I mean, the, they all do that. They call you that because you tell them to call you that. Right. It's like they call me Joe. I'm like, yeah, because that's your name. <laughs> you say my name is Joe. <laughs> well, my name's not Joe. It is, though. It is now. <laughs> and she's a dance and cheer choreographer. You know, that tracks. That tracks. What, yeah. what, what, are, your, what are your thoughts? Well, the, the note I wrote is, who let Sherry Pie back in the workroom? <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that her look was really messy. Uh-huh. But she also seemed very, like, down to earth. She could have been this very big personality, mm-hmm. um, kind of like what we saw with Georges. And she was, I think she was just excited. She was, it felt like she was very much taking in the moment and just mm-hmm. enjoying the fact that she was here and she was getting to meet all of the other contestants. Yeah. All right. Very good. All right. Next, we have Jasmine Kennedy, 22 years old from New York City. She came and said, Oh, this y'all's just the entry look. She's the ditzy doll of New York City again. <laughs> She's a Polish pageant queen, a dancing queen. She recognized Georges because they know each other, um, which is funny. Um, I guess because uh, through social media, they know each other. Yeah. I, I had a question about that. I had a question about that yeah, as far ahead. as the how, – how many – do you think that all the queens just follow all the queens? Like do you think that's just of where they all just follow one another because there's a chance that – if they ever go on the show, that they may be already looking at their competition and know who's coming in? Well, I think – close. I think that there's definitely in the drag scene a sense of who are the up-and-comers who are going to be on Drag Race, who's being scouted, who – like, who, like in other words, you know, none of the camp wanted Kiki girls except for Orion somehow. Are you not, like, worried about them going on Drag Race, right? I already forgot Orion went home last week. I already yeah. forgot who she was. And – uh I think Orion forgot she was on last week. <laughs> so, but you know what? When she is the season four winner of Camp Wanakiki, yeah, we'll all... Should, you know what? Props to her, Mama. She should go on there and win that thing. Anyway, and she'll win, you know, Burgers for Life at, at uh, Hamburger Man. 
<laughs> which is what the loser should get, but whatever. It's a whole other discussion. So, any, which, by the way, this episode's been sponsored by Hamburger Mary's. Uh, <laughs> be fun, be merry. Uh, anyway, uh, isn't that this, this, something like that? I think Taylor's taking a poop right now. He just made a face like. No, I, my, my ball was under my leg, so I had to adjust my ball. <laughs> Carson, are you ready for the CNT uh, talent show? What do you think it stands for? Go ahead. What does CNT stand for? What is Carson going to say CNT stands for? Carson never tops. That's what he said. I would though. I spent oh. the entire episode writing things like what he would like. This cock needs a tugging. You know, like uh, like <laughs> other dumb <laughs> dumb Carson shit. He's going to say. <laughs> Please make that a sound quote for yourself occasionally. <laughs> so anyway, um Jasmine Kennedy. Um I wrote super polished and mm-hmm. I loved the wig. I definitely I I loved the 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 purple wig. I thought it was mm-hmm. really gay. She has she has the the uh jawline of life. I will say that. She could she could cut things with that jaw jawline. Um but otherwise, I was sort of like, okay, she's cute. Yeah, it, it's weird. I don't, I can't put my finger on it. Mostly because I can't see it. But also because she's not usually the type I would go for. But there's something very, well, Taylor's making a face. What do you mean? She is absolutely the type you would go for. She's very, very cute. And she's giving me, you know, the girl and she's all that before she takes her glasses off. Like, you're like, oh, look at that nerdy girl. No one would ever <laughs> like her because she wears glasses and has her hair up. And then she, like, takes mm-hmm. it down and then takes the glasses off. And everyone's like, they're like, she's like, oh, you mean I got to take these glasses off and put my hair down? <laughs> and then- the head slowly yeah. throws her back. Yeah, and then all the all the men in the library are tipping their shades to like look at her, and like a guy like spits his coffee, and then a male somebody drops all of the, all of their index cards one at a time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and all the books fly off the shelf. Just, a, just apropos of nothing, they just fly off the shelf. Somebody's pressing the water fountain but hitting themselves in the face with water because they turned yeah. their heads. Yeah, and she's like just shaking her hair out. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she looks like. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, all right. Any other thoughts on Jasmine Kennedy? No. No. All right. Next, by the way, I I am very upset with you. Why? No, I think my hair looks so good. Uh, okay, your hair looks lovely. Gee, your hair looks terrific. Oh, thank you, Taylor. <laughs> um, Maddie Morphosis, twenty six from Fayetteville, Arkansas. She's um, I I have a lot to say here. She came in and said, "Get ready to pitch a tent, America. The camp queen is here. She is Arkansas's most beautiful camp and comedy queen. People say her drag is stupid in a good way. What? 
Well, that one, someone, that someone might say that. And she's the first cisgender heterosexual male on RuPaul's Drag Race. Let's see about Maddie Morphosis. Oh, um, I, I'm just going to focus at this point. I'm just going to focus on the look because I feel like we're going to be talking about Maddie a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Such an underwhelming look. Mm-hmm. If you're walking in and I get that she was trying to do a Guy Fieri thing, which is a very that that's an odd. That's what she said at one point. Yeah, no. Wanted to look like Guy Fieri. I, I guess one, then do it even more drag. At this point, she just kind of had like a choppy wig on and like a black dress that, and if you're going to have the flames, have the flames go up higher, but then you, then there's going to be lots of Tina Burner jokes about that. I just, I was not. I don't think people people remember who Tina Burner is. Okay, go ahead. (laughs) Um, I was just not, I was not impressed with the look and, I, I don't know. I, 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 she's going to have to, they definitely did between this episode and drag and untucked tried to sell Maddie Morph, Maddie Morphus, Maddie Morpheus, Maddie, whatever the hell her name Maddie is. Morphosis. Um, Maddie Morphosis to us. But I don't know that I'm buying. I don't know that I'm buying yet. Well, look, you're you're talking about a bigger topic because I think this. I mean, we saw this last week, and I think we see it again this week. Is because you know there was a lot of I I did get feedback from people that I know. My boyfriend, uh, I believe Christian and Robert over at Bring It to the Runway felt this way. A lot of people, um, uh, Carlo and his boyfriend, where they were like, "We love Willow Pill. We love her. How do you not love her?" And mm-hmm. I have no opinion on Willow Pill. And I think I've I – w- and I said that's an improvement where I really did not like her from Meet the Queens. She has now changed to just neutral. But – I would agree with that yeah. for me as well. And everybody was living her for last episode. Maybe maybe she's going to give us life this season. Maybe she will. We just saw one episode. But what I was thinking about during the week, and we'll get to Maddie Morphosis as well, is do you remember season nine, the season premiere – and Nina Bonina Brown came out with her the look that remember she did that where you couldn't see her face or anything like that and she won she won uh, the first episode Nina Bonina Brown and deservedly she did so. yeah she came out in this like outfit where it was like covered her entire face and whatnot this is for the whatever look was that they did. the Lady Gaga thing yeah the Lady Gaga episode okay um I believe someone will correct me but I believe she won that episode either way. People for the first couple episodes, especially that first episode, were living for Nina Bonina Brown. Okay. Uh-huh. I remember that. And I was like, and I, and by the way, I'm not in above it. I was too. I was one of those people. Okay. But then I got burned and I was like, oh, wait a minute. And we all yeah. saw, you know, the Nina Bonina, you know, nosedive Uh and so that's why i think i'm reluctant to go all in on willow pill you know because i felt and and what's funny is i feel when the when the material was better like season i said i felt (laughs) there it is (laughs) i made the face like i'm waiting for a pause and then i'm gonna say it but you grabbed it okay i didn't know i didn't recognize until you made that face so then um (laughs) 
the show had more luxury in like season nine to be manipulative in a much more in a way that we didn't notice because the content was so much better. But with the one problem with the lack with everyone have sort of this pablum banal personalities, the manipulation is much more evident. Yeah. And you can feel like you can you can palpably feel them manipulating you to like Willow Pill, to and, and then look, cornbread is deserving of it, but they were doing it with cornbread. You know, where they want you to feel, you can feel it, you can see it happening. And the same thing's happening on this episode with Angeria, Paris, and Michaels. And mm-hmm. it's happening here with Maddie Morphosis, where they want you to feel a certain way. You yes. know? And, uh, and so, like, I'm not here for the manipulation. And so I think that's what, what you're like. I'm one of these people, and this is a weakness of mine. If you were to tell me that a Breaking Bad is a perfect example, people are always like, you got to watch this Breaking Bad, right? And I go, I'm never going to watch Breaking Bad now because you told me I have to watch it. And that's sort of how I, Taylor just looked at the clock. Okay, no, Taylor. I, I just, I know an alert just went up over my, uh, apparently Bob Saget's funeral just happened or something. I don't know. Oh. Do you think someone should film it? And then Bob Saget's funeral. Yeah. And be like, hello, I'm in this little box. Let me out. Let me out. You know, like do like voices like he used to do on America's Funny Some Videos. I'm editing that out of the show. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So somebody should film, somebody should film what? Bob's funeral. Bob Saget's funeral. And then put like voice. Remember on America's Funniest Home Videos, you do little voices over it. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, okay. So, Maddie Morphosis. So, did you give your thoughts on her or your your your? Yeah, daughter? just the look was underwhelming, and yeah. I I would like to talk more about her when we get to the table. Well, the table it visit. seems at because right now at this stage, I'm, I'm assuming there's depending on how long she lasts that uh this will lessen but right now because her sexuality is so on the forefront of what everyone's talking about it felt like she was posturing a bit you know like the walk was very not feminine and yes. a guy fieri reference right up the top and like i think she maybe maybe she's not cognizant of it but very much like wanting to establish her straightness right off the bat so Mm -hmm. anyway all right move on to angeria paris van michaels 27 years old from atlanta georgia she came in and said the name's angeria but you can call me angie now let's make it shake honey she's a southern belle from atl and loves old school pageant drag and old school music uh your thoughts on angeria paris van michaels by far my favorite look of all the entrance looks Mm mm-hmm I I loved this. This is something that I could see friends of mine wearing. Um, Do you and... live in the Princess and the Frog? <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I'm almost there. Yeah. Uh, I she she feels okay. Now I just got done saying I like her, and then this is going to sound like mm-hmm. a read, but it's not. But she feels very cookie cutter, fun drag race contestant. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like 
she seems to give good interview. She is a big, she's a big personality. She seemed very quick. The joke that she made with, um, Lady Camden, who we're going to talk about next, as mm-hmm. far as that we should just sit in a room and just listen to each other talk, like very, mm-hmm. like some very funny, quippy. She's that, she is that the stereotypical Southern, and I mean this in a positive, the stereotypical Southern drag queen that is on her game. Yeah, she's in the, she's not like these queens, but she's very in the vein of Heidi in closet. And who was the smiley one last year? The smiley one? Yeah, she had that great smile. I don't remember her name. Someone on the Discord will remember, but, um, Olivia Lux. Olivia Lux. She's in that vein, you mm-hmm. know, of, uh, of like the happy Southern girl, you know? So, uh, which is like, but to me, I read it as like, oh, you're already gunning for miscongeniality. Okay. That I didn't, but maybe I'm jaded. Well, I I think the fact that you and neither you or I could remember Olivia Lux's name, and that was less than a year ago, that, Mm -hmm. that that kind of speaks to how jaded you and I are, how Jada Essence Hall, you and I both are. Yeah. You know, and there's something about her. I, there was something about her face. She, by the way, is a perfectly lovely queen. And what I'm gonna name right now is a perfectly lovely person as well. But I was like, I've, there's something about her face that I've seen before. And this is so inside, whatever. But in Breath of the Wild, Link, the the Nintendo Switch game, Breath of the Wild, Zelda, mm-hmm. you know, Legend of Zelda, Breath of the Wild. There are these people who live in the Gerudo Desert. Okay. You know? And the and 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 Gerudo's only women live there. Mm-hmm. And she looks like one of the uh, NPCs in the Ger- Gerudo Desert. Like I'm like, oh, that's what a- <laughs> if someone can post in Discord like a Gerudo Desert per queen. I'm like, that's what Angeria Paris Van Michael looks like. And oh God, she does. Somebody yeah. just posted a picture in the Discord. Uh, Jordan did. Yeah. Yes, I get that. Yeah. So. uh so thank you. That's my nerdy reference for the day. Uh, all right. Next we have Lady Camden. She's 31. <laughs> She's 31 from Sacramento, California. I think she thinks this is uh, 2008. Um, <laughs> someone's not told her this is not 2008. I think she was 39 when the show premiered. Yeah. Uh, Am I wrong? Taylor. No, she she looks a little older, but, you know, those cold English winters, man, they dry out your skin. True. So. Look, you know, if she said 37, 38, I buy it. Mm-hmm. I'm not buying 31. Like, you know, let me tell you who's 30, okay? Evan Ayers, our former co-host, is 30, okay? Oh, God. How is that possible? Exactly. So you're telling me she's a year older than him? No. Yeah. No. She went to the the, the Ginger Minge school of <laughs> telling your age. You know? Anyway. Uh, okay. Well, she came in and said, hello, you sexy bitches. She's originally from North London. She's America's little spice girl and knows Deja... Sky from North Car- the Northern California drag scene. Uh, Taylor, your thoughts on Lady Camden? 
Um, I like the Spice Girls look, but I'm a big Spice Girls fan, mm-hmm. so I appreciated that. Um, that's really all I kind of had to say about her. That there, there's not a lot to say about Lady Camden mm-hmm. yet. Um, I I I feel nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of don't really feel anything about it. Um. What did I write in my notes? Yeah, I I wasn't a fan. She actually, um, there's something about her that I find kind of frightening, like in a Tammy Brown way. But I actually Tammy Brown's frighteningness is sort of charming. Yes, it's you know? endearing. It's endearing. There's something about her like she's killed people, right? And, <laughs> you know what she looks like? Do you remember Drag Race UK season one? There was that girl who was like she. Well, she was like non-binary, and she was a kitty cat. I don't remember what her name was. Gothy Kendall. No, 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 no. But, but the one, the, but the same age group, same season. But she oh, like, I know the one you're talking about, uh, but I don't remember her name. She went. She went home. First scaredy cat, scaredy cat, scaredy cat. She looks like yeah. scaredy cat in twenty years. Okay, oh, or yeah, as you're right. Camden would you're say right. in like seven years. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, she's like scaredy cat, but like in twenty years, that's what she looks all right. like. Uh, all right, next and the last one in the workroom is Diabetty. She's twenty five years old from Springfield, Missouri. She came in and said, "You Betty, be ready." Uh, she's mid-Missouri grunge punk rock girl inspired by the 80s and 90s grunge movement and she's um, familiar with Maddie Morphosis. They know each other from the scene and uh, also friends with Afterthought uh, favorite son slash daughter, um, really good friends, um, Jimmy Anti. Hmm. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah. Good, they're good Judies. Good Judies were. Uh-huh. Um, I didn't get her look as an 80s and 90s grunge look. Mm-hmm. I got more of a heavy metal, mm-hmm. which is very mm-hmm. different than grunge. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I appreciated that because I love the 80s aesthetic. Uh, like a like a Nina Ford. Is her name Nina Ford? Lita Ford. Lita Ford. Lita Ford. Uh, or even like bands like Cinderella or Poison or something of that sort. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, definitely that. Um, I thought cute as a boy. To me, out of everybody, she was the cutest one as a boy. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're but, both diabetic. And we're both diabetic, though. She's type one and I'm type two. She's original. I'm new New formula. Oh, I see. Interesting. Yeah. And uh, did you have any other thoughts on her? Let me see what I had here. Um, oh, I had a question for you. Like, the wig line was very prominent. But I, but I, but I almost wondering, especially since she's the school of crystal method, if that's a choice. I think that's a choice. Well, because yeah. they even talked about her makeup style. They were like, I think Angeria said she's she's reminding me of somebody, but I can't quite figure out who. Mm-hmm. And then they realize, oh yeah, no, it's it's Crystal Method. Well, they do this cut room where they, yeah, Angeria's like, I didn't, you know, I didn't, I recognized her, and I'm like, no, you didn't. A hundred percent. Like who? Like. You know what's funny is we'll talk about this in the look. In the look, she was definitely giving the family of Crystal Method, hundred yeah. percent, right? But mm-hmm. in that entrance look, I didn't think she was. And uh, once that once they pointed it out, then you could see the you could see the the over exaggerated lips and the real real dark around the eye. Like you could make out. Okay, I see where they're in the same family. Okay. Yeah. 
And then it's actually Jasmine in, in the room. Remember, Angeria is saying this in the confessional, but which I don't believe it. But Jasmine <laughs> in the room says, you remind me of somebody or something like that, right? And she goes, are you related? But I think it's my theory that Jasmine thought the family name was she was related to Acid Betty. Because her name's Diabetty. Diabetty. And then she thought she okay. was Acid because of the name. Okay. But then she goes, Crystal Method. And she's like, oh, okay, work. Like I said, <laughs> like, why would you look at her and go immediately, oh, she's related to Crystal Method? Unless she already knew. But well, you're that- just looking at that and putting two and two together. Well, and we also know there are times where you've got producers under the table going, ask her if she's related to anybody. <laughs> oh, like that gold star happening. challenge thing? Yeah. Which we'll talk about in a second. All right. Let's move on. Uh, it's time for the mini, for this week's mini challenge. The girls, get, what time is, oh my gosh, we've been going for 45 minutes? Yep. Oh my God, we gotta take a break. When we come back, we'll do the rest of the episode. All right, we'll be back after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Yeah! All right. We we are back for this week's mini challenge. The girls get a sneak preview of the Tic Tac lunch when they uh, pose in a jumbo bowl of Tic Tacs for a photo shoot. In the end, Nigeria strikes the freshest pose and wins the mini challenge. Uh, Did you have any big thoughts on this mini challenge, Taylor? No, this was, I was a little underwhelmed with the idea of this. I, 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 well, my first thought was, do you think they did what they did with Deja Sky with every one of the queens? Or, or do you think that was just the first? I think it was just that first portion. one. Be okay, because work. I was going to say, what poor production assistant had to walk around and clean up all of those Tic Tacs every I time? Know. <laughs> um, but it, it was, I feel like, it was when you consider the last week's girls all had to go on a spinning wheel, and these ones just had to lay in in an inch of yeah uh, ticked. It wasn't like the whole thing; the whole bowl was filled no. with it because then they all they would have sunk. sunk. They were all just, yeah. But um, it was, and I thought the photos were 
none of the photos were really good. Like the lighting was really off in them or the angle or something, just not, mm-hmm. not very good of, the, of the um, contestants though. I thought Angie Angel- and how do you say her name? Angeria mm-hmm. and lady Camden's were my favorites. What about you? I didn't really have any favorite I, on these things. It's almost like the real America's next top model where like, they would do. The, they would show the photos. I'm like, I guess they're all good or they're all bad. And they're like, this is the winner. I'm like, okay. I never understand why <laughs> one is good and one is bad. Um, unless it's like patently bad, which is funny because the ones that are really bad, I'm like, oh, I love that one because so crazy, right. you know. Um, RuPaul once again thinking she's the world's great. It's the worst acting. Ever. It okay. I will say this. Yeah. In that. At, in the beginning, Deja's sky looked a little like what's going on kind yeah. of thing. Um, because at this point, we she doesn't necessarily know the machine and stuff. Mm-hmm. But at some point, she had to realize, and maybe she did and was like, I just have to play along with this, mm-hmm. that there is a, you know, that, that there was just that bad acting. It's kind of that there's a scene, speaking of top model, of where Tyra pretends to pass out. Oh, and, then, seen that and then talks about, and then she's like, you know, I was acting. Weren't you all scared? This was, and all the girls like, yes, yes, we really should because Tyra Banks talk about a crazy person. Mm-hmm. We think RuPaul is crazy. Yeah. I could go on rants about Tyra Banks. Yeah, um, that that kind of had that feel to this. Mm-hmm. Oh. It, yeah, it was not good. Um, also, but I will say it did lead to RuPaul giving us a really good let's go for Mommy Dearest, mm-hmm. uh, which we always know every season premiere, even though she, she stretched it out, has a let's go or some sort of Mommy Dearest reference. And, um, she went like the let's go, right? She did, she gave the right <laughs> energy. Um, and that's, so people don't know that's a Mommy Dearest reference that she's doing. Yes. Which uh, apparently Faye Dunaway turned 81 yesterday. And I follow a bunch of uh, things on Instagram that have all been posting these horrible videos of Faye Dunaway. It's been heaven watching all these really bad. Like she was in a Vita. She was in a TV movie, movie version of a Vita. Oh, probably, but not a musical. Just like the movie. No, not a musical. And it's it is camp with a capital. C. I got to see. Is. I didn't know that it happened. I got to see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently yeah. it's on YouTube. It came out right before Mommy Dearest. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. All right. Uh, on the Maxi Challenge, next, RuPaul announced the Maxi Challenge. Each queen will have to prove their talent in the Charisma, Nerve, and Talent Show. In the workroom, the queens reveal their out-of-drag identities. Deja calls herself Uncle Fester, while the girls out their status as Gold Star Gaze. Uh, for the table visits, Ru checks in with the girls as they prep for the talent show. Diabetti shares her struggle with diabetes. Deja plans to bring some cheer camp. And Ru outs Maddie Morphosis as a straight man. Who does drag a Tana the Latte Boy? A lot going on and yet nothing going on at all. Any thoughts on everything that happened with the Mexi channels, the workroom, and the table visits? And actually, this is where I wrote the most notes. So it's funny that you say it. Not a lot going on. But okay, so question. Are you a gold star gay? Not a gold star gay. Neither am I. Yeah. Not. Okay. Um, I have had sex with uh, a woman... Who is now mm-hmm. a conservative Trump supporting gun toting like pew pew pew? <laughs> um, I don't know which is more embarrassing for her or me. Yeah. Um. Okay. So yeah, I am. I am not a gold star gate either. But uh, who started that conversation? 
No, it just came out of nowhere. It is. It, it was. Did. It was so producer driven to try and get Maddie Morphosis to out herself as straight, and that's why yes. RuPaul had to go into the table visit and be like, "So, how does it feel to be the first straight contestant?" Yeah, you know, which like, I, I, which I want to talk about that. We get to that in the order. Um, I wrote down that it's clear, as I said before, Ru loves Angeria. That mm-hmm. she just that everything she said was very funny and and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. The the diabetes conversation, I actually was genuinely worried for her health <laughs> when she, they were talking about the diabetes. And Rue said, "The so what happens if you go low with your blood sugars?" I'm like, "Oh God, they're going to put her in a situation. <laughs> they're going to make her go hypoglycemic mm-hmm. just for you know good." TV though, so that didn't necessarily happen. Yeah, and, um, and, and we, I have in my notes. If I wonder if that was part of the decision making, but go ahead. Somebody in the chat room a little while ago said because of the chocolate bar thing coming up in the future, they're wondering if that's why they got rid of her this week. Um, well, as I know from a dear friend of mine, uh, diabetics, especially type one, can have whatever they want. Taylor, so I will not stand for that. Wink, Mike Lawson. Go ahead. <laughs> Oh no, and I will say, as someone who has gone hypoglycemic before, it is not fun and it can be scary. So I, I was, I felt for her in talking about that. Um, Lady Camden sounds like Simon Doonan to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is something that I think that we're going to see twice in this, but the conversation about Rue saying ballet is boring and gross was a very gross statement to me mm-hmm. because. Ultimately, she is bringing something different that's not just lip syncing and shablams mm-hmm. at this point. And it is something that ballet, you don't just get, you know, we've all done the thing where we've pretended to do ballet at various points. Um, but the, the, to be classically trained to be able to, at some point when you were a kid, you stood up on your, you're looking at me funny. You stood up on like your tippy toes and pretended to do ballet. Okay. Okay. Or not. I have, but to do something like that, Please do it right trained, now. You want me to do it right now? Yeah. Okay. Hold on. I will do okay, it. I'll, I'll narrate. Okay. I'm just trying to get Taylor in trouble because his husband's going to get so mad if the show's going so, on. You just kind of stand up and then you like put your hands together like this and then you like tippy toe. Oh, I feel like I'm in Dumbo right now. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch. So it was, it was just sort of, it was just, it wasn't a very, supportive thing to say to somebody who was trying to do something different and to bring mm-hmm. something new to the show. It just, it just seemed like it, it felt like, okay, if you're going to do it, you have to do it great. So, you know, could you add like fart noises to it or something like, like that's yeah. just because that's Rue's wheelhouse of what she thinks is entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't necessarily like that. Do you have anything to add to anything that I've said so that I'm not, Rock and camping the episode. <laughs> no, you're not rock and camping at all. You know, uh, in terms of the table visits, I didn't really have much. I mean, like, in terms of character choices, like, Diabetes was talking about her. Like, two things. One, that was a weird choice. Like, I'm just going to lip sync to a, like, to me, I'm like, oh, well, she's going home. You know, like, or like, you're, yeah. you're not going to do well. Like, but the other thing I don't get, I mean, I know it's too late at this point, but it's like, I really was, I will say, you do get some sort of like uh suppositions when you're from someone's family. So when she said she was just gonna do pink, um what's the name of that song? I'm coming. Get the out. party started. I'll get the party started. And uh I'm all but she's Crystal Methods, you know, family. So there's gonna be some crazy twist to this. And there really wasn't. And I was like, 
Okay. Oh. Yeah. Sayonara, sister. So, uh, but, um, but RuPaul kind of gave her a hint. Um, another thing that you and I know someone who lives very close to Maddie Morphosis. Doesn't live necessarily in Fayetteville, Arkansas, but lives very close to it. Mm-hmm. And Maddie sounds like her or him. And RuPaul mm-hmm. goes, I don't hear an accent. And, and Maddie's like, I know people say I don't have one. I'm like, I 100%. She might nearly a swall. Thank you, yeah. RuPaul. <laughs> I, I 100% hear an accent. I don't know what RuPaul's talking about. She, It's not like a southern drawl like Angeria, but there is 100% an Arkansian accent there that, we, you know, our friend Adam has. I, yeah, no, I, I, I think the Maddie morphosis, I definitely get you recognizing that the producers were trying to get the conversation with the gold star gaze and, mm-hmm. and all of that sort of stuff. I'd like you to imagine a world. Sure. Okay. Let's do this. In which Rue, in which all of the contestants were straight mm-hmm. and you had Rue walk up to somebody and say, so what's it like to be the first gay contestant mm-hmm. on the show? Yeah, where where we Rue basically outed. Now at some point it was clear there was going to be a discussion, but for her to out him as straight was really gross. I'm not necessarily defending Maddie in this. Mm -hmm. I'm really more kind of chastising RuPaul for for the decision to do that in that way. I get that it's Rue's world Mm -hmm. and they all agree to be on the show, but to not do it in a way that felt more organic or for her to have a conversation with her sisters about it on her time, Mm -hmm. on her time frame and at her level of comfort is gross. It's just gross to me. I see what you're saying. And that doesn't mean I I want Maddie on the show. (laughs) I have questions for you. One, what would you say to those people who are like, well, yes, but the flip side is, you know, cisgendered straight white men are, you know, at the top of the power structure. And so there is that imbalance. So it doesn't necessarily really matter as much. Uh, because, you know, he gets to be a straight white cis male when he la- leaves and have all the privilege that comes with that. Also, my question is, don't you think Maddie used his straightness as capital to get on the show? You know, so if he uses okay. it to get on, that's because, let's be honest, from what we've seen in this first episode, that was sort of the selling point. I mean, I haven't seen anything great from Maddie, uh, this episode. And, uh, well, no, I actually did like the look. I was going to say the look was pretty good, the but look, the look how many of those good. can we do? Yeah. Every week's going to be him holding, holding his own head. But, um, but other than that, like in terms of personality, it's like, oh my God, it's like, no. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it is gross. I mean, that show is gross and they, it, the way they did it was gross and the way they were trying to get the gold star gay conversation to get to do it. And then when that didn't happen, Rue's like, fuck it. I'm just going to bring it up. That's sort of the manipulative stuff I was talking about with the show where it's now Mm -hmm. laid bare for everyone to see how manipulative the show is uh, on set and in the editing. Like it is um, a reality show pretending to be a competition. 
Uh, also, you know what's funny is, do you think Diabetti is regretting not growing her hair out like um, El DeBarge? Um, <laughs> to the beat of the rhythm of the yeah, because I think that might have carried Chris a little bit pretty far too, at least in the beginning. Right. So, um, all right. Well, let's move on. It's elimination day, and uh, the girls are back in the workroom getting ready for the runway. The oh, queens. Wait, wait, wait. I'm not. T- I hold on. I'm not done. Oh. So, Maddie said that she was going to play the guitar. Yeah. And again, we have a situation in which Rude goes, "Well, that's boring," you know, and that's and she, it refers to it as everyday normal. That's an everyday normal talent, as compared to lip syncing. Okay, whatever. But like, okay. like. Rue, can you fucking play the guitar? No. It's it, it's again another where somebody where somebody is coming to you with an actually trained talent that you're mm-hmm. doing, and the fact that she's poo pooing on it, it's just it just kind of speaks to the level of delusion that Rue Rue has. In fairness to Rue, Maddie is such terrible television that she is that Rue's probably trying to get something going. And so now is just dissing guitar because she's just trying to get something going with her in terms of making good television. I'll give Rue that benefit of the doubt, but yes, I see what you're saying. Okay. All right. So back in the workroom, the queens get ready for the runway. The queens gag over Maddie's heterosexuality, but respect her willingness to show her feminine side. And Alicia Keys pops up behind the mirror to remind the girls to be big and bold. Any thoughts on Elimination Day, Taylor? Um, the Alicia Keys speech that could have just as easily been a pre-recorded hologram Mm -hmm. (laughs) that they posted onto the, it felt like she was trying to start a speech and then, or like words of encouragement and then got lost, but felt like I have to just keep talking because they told me I have to talk for like 30 seconds or 45 seconds or whatever it is. And made it. To me, it made little to no sense by the end mm-hmm. um, and was, again, a worthless it, – it, it was a worthless judge um, experience, I thought. They were all super excited, which was great for them. Mm-hmm. But I feel like there are other people at this point that they could have for the first episode celebrity judge that would have a larger effect and been more somebody that – would have just been a bigger personality. Well, yeah, I don't think Alicia Keys, she's known as a musician, but she's not necessarily known for her sparkling personality, where Lizzo is. And then also on top of that is a big fan of the show. You know? Yeah. You know, going back to the Lizzo conversation, I did note last week that, like, Lizzo's been a judge before, right? Mm -hmm. And when she was a judge before, she was just, like, a forgotten person on the end next to, you know, Michelle, right? But now she had, like, this sort of, like, better lighting and place of honor and everything she said was super funny and they focused on her and I'm like, oh, how the tides have turned. You know, she was just this emerging pop artist to know. Um, With Alicia Keys, I just love that she was like, we are together. We should not hold back. Uh, I'm behind a mirror. Right. (laughs) Whereas going to what you said, you know, making it easier for Lizzo beyond her personality is, there is, I know it's, it's, she's actually physically closer to the girls, but there's a disconnect with that mirror there. And where she would have come out on the stairs like Lizzo, there could have been at least a, a visceral emotional connection that she could have yeah. commented on the energy in the room, which is harder when you're behind a mirror. And then on top of that, she's Alicia Keys, you know, not the Miss Personality, you know. Right. 
right. so anyway. Uh, all right. Uh, it's time for the Charisma Unique, the Charisma Nerve and Talent Show. Uh, the queens take the stage to showcase their talents and impress the judges. Let's go through these talents here. Uh, the first one in is on the talent. I think it's Georgia's, right? Yes, yeah, she Georgia's. did lip sync to Dua Lipa's Last Dance. Your thoughts on this, Tame of the Latte Boy? Is that what she did? The song? I didn't know what song it was. According did they say the to, names of them down at the bottom? According to super producer Luke Stamen, she did lip sync to Dua Lipa's Last Dance. I thought she was a great dancer. Mm-hmm. I can see that she has the potential to be a lip sync assassin. Mm-hmm. I could see that if that's something where she ends up in the bottom at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, they ta- they commented in the, at the, the judges commented on that. She didn't necessarily have a great lip syncing ability, mm-hmm. but that the dancing kind of made up for that. I didn't necessarily notice that I was too focused on her moves and thought that she did really, really well. You know, here's the deal. This is another reason. Forget the fact that, you should know how to lip, lip sync and uh, dance coming into this show. Beyond that is, you know, if you have the lip sync for your life, you have a certain number of moves in your pocket uh-huh. that you want to save for that time when you really need lip sync for your life. Why would you blow those moves on the talent show? Maybe unless she has a bunch of moves, but like then when we go to the lip sync for your life, we've seen some of those moves now. Yeah. Somebody did that last season. Oh, really? Somebody, they lip, they were one of the first ones to lip sync and they said, I'm just going to, I'm going to use all my moves so that I, you know, so that way I get to stay. And I remember us talking like, why would you show everything the first time you lip sync? Because at some point, if you have to lip sync again, you're, they're going to have seen all of it already. We always go back to detox and that stupid mouth thing she used to do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And she just kept doing it. So, um, Anyway, that was my thoughts on Georges. Next, we had uh, Jasmine Kennedy. She came in lip sync to I'm in Love with a Monster by Fifth Harmony. Taylor, your thoughts there? Um, another great dancer. I thought I thought Georges was better mm-hmm. of the two. Da- I, I enjoyed watching Georges dance more than I did uh, Jasmine. You know, what's funny is they make this comparison later on the main stage, and I think it's because of the talent, because I'm like, I wrote in my notes... Was her talent an Alyssa Edwards impression? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Because the moves, a lot of the moves and the feel of it felt like Alyssa Edwards dance moves. Mm -hmm. Like the, there were some stunts, which Alyssa Edwards doesn't do as many stunts, but the, uh, some, a lot of the choices you go back and look, you're like, I could see Alyssa Edwards making those same choices dance wise. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. So that's why I wrote that. Next we have. Die of Betty lip syncing to get the party started by Pink. Uh, your thoughts here? I had hopes when she took off the big hat and there was the little hat on underneath. I thought, oh, okay, this is going to be comedy. Mm-hmm. And then she did the thing with the with the wand where it made confetti. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, well, maybe this is going to be like a magic, especially the way she was dressed. I'm like, oh, it's going to be a magic show. Mm-hmm. Which could be fun. Yeah. And then when she just sort of lip synced, it was like, oh, well, Mm -hmm. I guess unless somebody else really shits the bed, we're going to see, which we eventually do see somebody else shit the bed. Um, we now we know who's going home. 
Yeah, I run my look. First of all, when she did the hat reveal, I got really excited because I'm always a sucker for a tiny hat. Okay, mm-hmm. I think tiny hats. <laughs> yeah. I think tiny little hats are really funny. My favorite part of the Laganja meltdown is Adore having a very serious conversation with Laganja wearing a <laughs> tiny sombrero. Okay, so I love tiny hats. So I was very excited. But and right. then she did the the uh, the confetti bit, and I was like, okay, I feel like I'm at a drag brunch. Yeah. And uh by the way, if you're looking for a good drag brand, Hamburger Mary's <laughs> is uh a great pra- place for that. Go there. Uh, be be fun, be merry. I don't know what their slogan is, but something like that. It's uh, be merry be you. Is be it be merry be, be you? you? Yeah. I don't know. It's been a while since I've watched a Camp One yeah. Kiki, so I, And also I'm if you uh, uh have a hankering for food and Uber Eats, go and buy a $19 cheeseburger <laughs> with no drag performance involved. <laughs> Uh, it's just a shitty Chili's cheeseburger that you would get at Chili's. That's been in a clamshell for 25 minutes, and now it's steamed. Yeah. And then in the Uber Eats where the guy ate your fries on the way home to get to take you the um Uber Eats dish. Uh, yeah, go ahead and do that. And then also on top of Uber Eats charges and stuff like that, like you're spending like $45 or something with mm-hmm. the delivery fees and the tip to get a crappy... Chili's level Applebee's burger. Because mm-hmm. the appeal before is that, like, you know, Jasmine Masters is dancing like a fool in front of you while you eat your, you know, shitty burger. The shitty mm-hmm. burger is really just the, pr- you're paying an entertainment tax yes. for the food, right? With a cup yes. of food, right? Mm-hmm. Imagine going to Uber Eats. I mean, I need that I- shitty nachos. I have all of these choices. I have yeah. all of these options. You know what sounds good? Hamburger Mary's. Hamburger Taylor, you know, I don't even need to see the drag show. Let's just order in Hamburger Mary's, you know. And we'll watch, we'll watch a season four episode of Drag Race. Yeah. It's like, it, it's the same thing. It's the yeah. exact same, it's the exact same thing. Where their biggest appeal that they put the, the, the drink in a boot, you know, <laughs> that that's their big selling point. Anyway. But we'd like to thank our sponsor, yeah, Hamburger Mary's. Thank you, our sponsor, uh, Hamburger Mary's. All right. Uh, Lady Camden came in. She did a dance routine to Canned Heat by Jamiroquai. Um, your thoughts on uh, Lady Camden? I I wrote down ballet in heels. Like, I didn't understand why she didn't why 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 she stayed in heels for that, which I know Michelle commented on that later. But I feel like if you're going to do ballet, do ballet. And let the chips fall where they may there. Um, I, there were parts of it where she looked like she was very much in her head in that she didn't know if, am I going to make this a comedy routine? Am I going to make this a classical ballet? Am I going to lip sync? Because there were times that she was definitely moving her mouth with the words. Mm -hmm. It was, it was very, it was almost like there were three or four performances all being jammed into one thing at one time and it was it was i wanted it to be more plus the the dress that she had that weird like charcoal gray dress Mm -hmm. i didn't think was it 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 wasn't flattering in that for the you want something that i don't know it it was just it was just very you could it was very h&m you could get Mm -hmm. that anywhere yeah um you know i went online this morning briefly just to see what everybody was saying and on Reddit, some people were living for Lady Camden. And I was like, really? I just think that they were starved. I was just like, meh. 
This is another dancing. Yeah, thing. I, I didn't. I didn't see what the big fucking deal was about it. All right, next we have Deja Sky. She came in with a cheerleading choreography routine, a comedy routine. I think it was comedy. <laughs> well, yeah, drag is art and art is subjective. <laughs> it sure is. What What did you think of uh, Deja Sky? I wrote, "I'm embarrassed for her." Mm-hmm. It was. They could have gone so differently mm-hmm. in that she could have done because she apparently coaches cheerleaders mm-hmm. or she creates um choreo for them so to do the first part of where we're going to pretend to jump and we're going to pretend to do some of those things and then say okay let's go and then do an actual cheer routine i think would have been that would have saved her if she can do all of those moves where she can jump up and do the splits and, and all of that kind of thing um but the fact that she just sort of did it with no jokes and then did it the second time and it was the exact same thing was I, I get why she was in the bottom too. It was mm-hmm. it was not good at all. And 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 intersperse some jokes. You know, Rue loves dirty jokes. Mm-hmm. So there's all sorts of things. And I know that there are, you know, there are sayings and cheerleading and things like that that you can easily make into a you can make into a joke. Mm-hmm. Um it, it was it was a very much a missed opportunity from Deja. Yeah, it felt like I was watching a Lori Roggenkamp show, but <laughs> <laughs> what I will say to go on your <laughs> to to go on your point is the mistake she made was first of all to the late Chris Farley, bravo to making a character that still to this day everyone is trying to replicate. It was very, uh, whatever, um, whatever that guy's name is, Van Down by the River, the, the, yeah. Matt Foley. There, yeah. were, there were parts of, it was like she took the parts of Matt Foley and, um, uh, what's her fuck? I have in my notes right here. Where is it? Uh, oh, and, uh, Mal- Molly Shannon's like super, whatever that Mary Jessica Raphael, I don't know what her name is, the, the Catholic school. Mary, super- Mary Catherine Gallagher. Mary Catherine Gallagher, the the unfunny parts to it, which mm-hmm. and then Chris Farley's Matt Foley put it took all the jokes out and put it together. But you're right. So Andy Kaufman, the legendary comedian Andy Kaufman, when you know he was funnier when he was not famous because of his what he used to do required surprise. But he used to do this thing when he did that like foreign man character where he'd come out. He go like, I want to do, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do some impressions, right? And he'd be like. Um, my impression of uh, President of the United States, Jimmy Carter. Hi, I'm Jimmy Carter, President of the United States, right? And he'd do that right. for like three or four impressions. But then the last one, he would be like, I'm going to do my impression of the Elvis Presley. And everyone would laugh because he thought he would be like, I'm going to do, like, I'm Elvis Presley. But then he would do which Elvis Presley thought it was the best impression of him ever. A right. stunning, spot-on impression of Elvis Presley. Okay? Yes. And that you're right. That's what she needed to do. She needs to do like I'm incompetent. I'm incompetent. I'm incompetent. Boom! Look at how good I am. You know, and that would have been the joke. That would have been the talent. And she missed the opportunity. Uh, and we'll talk about that lip sync in a bit. <laughs> um, all right, let's talk about Maddie Morphosis came out and did uh, blues guitar, I believe. Uh, yeah, guitar playing. And then she did it with her tongue. Your thoughts here? Well, it's really interesting to see Jimmy Page in drag. So that was that was my first thought of the weird 
um, kind of curly lasso opso wig. And she looked, she looked like a guy playing a guitar. Yeah. That's, that's really the only, there was nothing drag about that other than her makeup. I feel like we've seen female guitar players, um, and the female blues guitar players that still have an air of femininity to them. Mm-hmm. And whereas this just felt like he could have just easily been standing there in a flannel shirt and a baseball cap and just with the head down. And it was not it, the, the, the music playing, the actual guitar playing was great. But if you're doing it in a drag competition, drag up your look or drag up your performance or, or do something to make it look like you are a drag queen playing and not just Jimmy Page with too much makeup on. I'm going to disagree with you on one thing. I mean, the music was good. I felt like I was at a seventh grade talent show that's with a kid who's been doing guitar lessons for a year. You know, playing the talent show, not to sit through that fucking thing. Poor Alicia Keys had to fucking pretend... She has to whip up whatever little personality she has to pretend like she likes this. Mm-hmm. And it was horrible. It was boring. You know, if I could have, before this talent show, I was like, is she really straight? And then I was like, oh, she's straight. <laughs> right. I saw this talent. I was like, oh, it's boring, straight guy. Uh, Steven, Stevie Ray Yawn is what I'm going to call him. <laughs> <laughs> That's how boring it was. Right. But I will say, okay. and I was going to bring this up on the main stage, but I'll bring it up here. Later on, this Michelle is talking about him. And she says, you know, uh, you don't turn your head. You know. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. She said, you got to turn. You have to know your camera. You got to turn your head so we can see the tongue playing the guitar. And I was like, first of all, why are they beating her up? Because she does. Like, their only complaint was that. That she doesn't know camera angles as a person who's never been on a TV show. A, how come Michelle doesn't turn her fucking head when she has her tongue up RuPaul's ass so we can <laughs> see that? Why don't you make that clear, Michelle Visage? Thank you. Yeah. And we're, we've never heard the phrase guitar virtuoso Michelle Visage yeah. ever played before. Michelle was just telling people what to do. Meanwhile, in that same bit, uh, Carson makes a joke. I don't remember what it is. And then she is – they do – I should have memorized what the joke was. He says a joke that's whatever, he's stupid, you know, like, just fuck me in the ass sometime kind of joke, right? And then she goes, <laughs> yeah, and then they should fuck you in the ass. She is the queen of your joke, but worse. She is the queen of you made a joke that made Rude laugh, and then she's going to say the same joke in different words. And I don't know why they even air it. She is the queen of that. Yeah. Thank you. I'm mad at Michelle Visage today. I don't know why. All right. And then finally we have, um, who do we have? Oh, Angeria. She does her original song. Your thoughts here, Taylor? My thought is how many next season for season 15, which will be on in three months probably, Mm -hmm. how many of those girls are going to come into the workroom with a a new song ready for the talent show? Oh, if they do, yeah. Because we've seen two girls now, both of which won. Cornbread won last week, Injury won this week. So now that is going to become the thing. And we've also seen that with the all with the All Stars shows too. A bunch of the girls have come in with that. So is that going to become the new thing of where normally girls release a song after they've been eliminated? How many of them now are going to release a song the first week when if they think they're going to be doing it during the talent show? I don't know. It's just part of the the sad death spiral of a once amazing show. Yes, you're right, a hundred percent. It's gonna be all. It's gonna be yeah. what we're gonna have all the time. It's like RuPaul. It was a fun song. 
Yeah. No, it's it, that's just going to – I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, it's all right. Did you see this NPR review of RuPaul's horrible song that smiles on? <laughs> I saw the clip of the of the quote from it. Yeah. It is a horrible, horrible song. We should play it a little bit. It is not end. a great song. Um. <laughs> all right. Let's uh, – uh, with that – Algeria, I was just uh, more lip syncing to this mediocre original song. Like, I don't know. Again, they're living for – Nigeria, they're living for. I think people are just trying to live for something. I think they just want hope in these desperate times. But Taylor, as I said, I call wow. balls. <laughs> I think I call balls and strikes. And Taylor, speaking of, it's time for the looks. You know, we do a truncated version of the looks now, where you give us some of your favorites. And but uh, if you want to hear the looks gone over in detail, please go over to uh, bring it to the runway uh, with. Uh, Christian Ochoa and Robert Mata, as they will break down each of the looks in detail. Um, all right, Taylor, go ahead. Give us what your thoughts are. Um, I can go through these really, really quick. Uh, Georges, I loved the purple, the, the purple accents. I was a little worried that I thought it looked bulky, but then we realized it was a reveal, and I loved the cat suit that was stoned. Um, Deja's look I thought was pretty and different. I felt like it was a slightly different silhouette and I loved the, the color combination of it. Mm-hmm. Jasmine, I know they talked about how much they liked Jasmine's look. I didn't like it. I thought it aged her. I, and I get that they were saying that she was going for a 60s Valley of the Dolls sort of the queen I, kind of thing. Yeah, Michelle nailed it with the queen. It did look like that. For people who don't know, there's a documentary, which is widely available now, called The Queen, and it's a, it's a mm-hmm. documentary about the 1960s sort of drag ball scene. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. And, um, it, it, but I just initially didn't like it. Once they pointed that out, then I kind of appreciated it a little bit more, but at first I was sort of like, oh, I don't, I don't care for that. Mm-hmm. Um, Maddie with the, the the beheaded look I thought was was a genius look, but I don't know how long we're going to be able to do that for. Um, Angeria, I just wrote pageant. Mm-hmm. That was such a pageant look, and it was polished, and it, she looked she looked about as close as perfect as a drag queen could look on the runway, as far mm-hmm. as I thought. Um, Camden, I wrote fun, and. Uh, Daya, I just wrote I liked the wig, but I didn't like the dress. All right, very cool. Well, those are Taylor's looks, and I, like I said, for more detailed analysis of the looks, where they they bring, have you, oh, you even listen to the show? They bring in like, like, oh, it's a Rococo. And I'm like, I don't. <laughs> what the fuck are they talking about Rococo? Yeah, I don't know. They bring in all kinds of shit. And I don't know what they're talking about. I love that cereal. Yeah, exactly. Well, I thought they were doing the 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 shade rattle. You know, all right. On the main stage, RuPaul names Nigeria Paris and Michaels the winner of the challenge and places Diabetti and Deja Sky in the bottom two, forcing them to duke it out in a lip sync battle for their lives. The song Fallen by Elisa Keys. I call her Elisa, Alicia Keys. Yeah. In the end, Deja Sky is told Shantae you stay, while Diabetti is asked to sashay away, leaving twelve queens, twelve queens. In the competition, Taylor the Latte Boy, give me your thoughts on that lip sync. Give me any final thoughts you have on that episode. Well, you had said earlier in the episode that you had thoughts about uh, Maddie's look. Well, just more like I was just like whatever, and then I'm like she came up with the oh I know what it was it had to do with diabetes. So I was writing. Thank you for remembering. I was writing stuff down when Maddie came out. I didn't see the name come up. Uh huh. 
And by the time the name went down, that's when I started looking at the look. And I legit thought, it's so creative. It's so out there. I thought it was Diabetti. Yeah. And because that's such a, like, something that I could see uh, Crystal Method doing. Right. And when I saw that it was uh, Maddie, I was like, oh, what's Dia going to do then? So I it, I was, A, surprised that Maddie Morphosis, who has the personality of Lint, did this. Um, mm-hmm. But I was very impressed with the look. And then also... Um, I was surprised that it wasn't diabetes. Diabetes kind of came out of boring. Like I'm wearing ribbons. Look, so. All right. Um. My my final thoughts were a subpar lip sync. Mm-hmm. I, it was. I thought that. I I thought between the two, Deja did the better job, mm-hmm. but it was not. That that th- that's not a song that I think is necessarily a good lip sync. I I want high energy for my lip sync for your life. I, I want something that allows there to be a little bit more movement versus just kind of swaying back and forth. Mm-hmm. Unless you have a song in which you could do something similar to um, Latrice Royale's You Make Me Feel Like a Woman with your favorite um, oh, yeah. Kenya Michaels dancing around her. Yeah. <laughs> but Or so, something doing like ballet. that. Doing ballet. Doing like, well, I think she was doing more lyrical than ballet, oh, but okay. ultimately she looked like a fool um it just wasn't it was i don't know but that kind of speaks to a lot of alicia keys i like some alicia keys songs but I, i've never thought of alicia keys being somebody that they would do a lip sync on drag race for uh the other thing is at the end did rue's voice crack when she said let the music play oh i didn't notice it, it's, it's it was almost like let the music play I, <laughs> she said there was this weird crack in her voice that i thought that sounded odd, and I'm surprised mm-hmm. they just didn't have her record that a second time. Yeah. Um. So, uh, you know, I just looked at the Discord really quickly, and I was going to make that comparison to season two. That season two or season three, when um, those two queens walked in with the same look, that yeah. that's what Maddie Morphosis looked like. I think it's like India Farah and what's that? Another one? Yeah, the other <laughs> one. Uh, and it's funny. I was it's Phoenix. Phoenix. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, and she did have that same sort of look to her too. Um, the only final thing, you know, RuPaul crowns Deja the lip sync assassin of the season. I'm like, really? Yeah, that was a weird thing to say. Cause to me, when I was looking at it, I'm all, it seems kind of close. Deja had the edge a little bit, you know, but as a fat person of color singing an Alicia Keys song, but, um, but if if it would have been Daya, I would have been like, well, I disagree, but it's not insane. Well, and Daya actually clawed at her own skin. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, kind of showing how bad she wanted to be there. Yeah. And then uh, I actually think, I don't think it was the deciding factor. And I think Daya Betty did definitely put herself in the position to be in the bottom two. But I do, I'm sure it's like, well, if we get rid of her now, we don't have to worry so much about like, Constant checking her blood sugar and checking in on her and babying her so much that we would need to medically, uh, we can be mean to these bitches and feed them whatever yeah. we want and stuff like that. We don't have to worry so much. I'm sure that there were a lot of concerns that had to be addressed with having diabetes in the competition. Yeah. So, Again, they're giving them chocolate bars next week. <laughs> yeah. So. so, yeah. So I think that, that, again, not that it was the deciding factor, but I'm sure it was a factor in the decision-making process. All right, Taylor Lottie Boy, have you said everything that you want to say about this show? 
I have. All right. Well, Taylor, that's going to do it for this week's episode of RuPaul's uh, Drag Race. Uh, be sure to join us next week and every week as we continue to discuss... Di- oh, wait. There's no special thanks. You know, special thanks to our... Maybe it's in the outro. Very... Another amazing job from our producer, uh, Zach Birch and Luke Stamen. Both of them super producers. It, they've made my life so much easier. Thank... Taylor makes my life harder. And so thanks to them... <laughs> Uh, so be sure to join us every, uh, next week and every week as we continue to discuss, dissect, and deconstruct each and every episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 14. So, for Taylor the Latte Boy and myself, sashay away until next week. Thank you for listening to RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Have something to say? Email us at dragracerecap at afterthought.media. You can also leave us a voicemail at speakpipe.com slash afterthoughtmedia. For more drag race and LGBTQ content, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash afterthoughtmedia. Taylor has another podcast. It's called Pod is My Copilot, and you can find it wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow Taylor the Latte Boy on Instagram and Twitter at P-I-M-C Taylor. Follow Joe Batanz on Instagram and Twitter at Joe Batanz. This episode was produced by Luke Stamen and Zach Birch. Very special thanks to these expensive tier Patreon supporters. Agnesia Chopinska. April Pacheco. Astute Girl. Brad Coley. Coco San Pedro. Declan Prosser. Drew Brooks, E. Smith, Emma, Humble Pie, J. Thomas Plank, Jesse Harris, Lauren Eckert, Lionel Campbell, Lucy Carrasco, Luke Stamen, Nicholas Springham, Poppy Woods, Ricardo Herrera, Sarah Yu, Tom Bombs, Travis Newland, Troy Anderson, Zach Nelson, Karina Williamson, Elizabeth Timmer, Nikki Baker, Robert NYC, and Alexandra Sixth. Drag Race Recap is an Afterthought Media podcast.